2: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.
0: It's a wild Welsh no. to a goal, slaloming beyond Rodri, and the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, yes. Rotherham United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, Adolphin. He
1: can hit them, and he does. No!
0: have secured their championship status for next season. Do
1: me a favour, drop me off in Rotherham.
2: Good evening. Welcome, everybody, to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast, and we'll have some smiles tonight, I think. Um, We're going to talk about a draw away at Birmingham and a really, really good performance away at Birmingham. Uh, tinged with sadness that we able to get the win, but anyway. uh, And we'll talk about the latest rumours that are going around. Hopefully in a, a few days we're going to stop talking about rumours, uh, but that's what they are at the moment. So we're going to go through what we know, what we think, and everything else in between. Uh, Tom, back with to us, mate. How are you doing?
3: Yeah, I'm good. Positive news, finally. So, <laughs>
2: all good. Yeah. This has be the best weekend we've had at Rotherham United. since like, August. It's great. <laughs> um, Danny, how are you doing, mate?
4: I'm um, doing well, to be fair. Doing well. We've um, come out of an away game without losing it. Like, oh, and we've kept a clean sheet. Good grief. Like, wow. <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah. Very happy. I don't believe it. And Mick, how are you doing tonight? Oh, good, mate. Thank you.
2: All very, very good indeed. Good stuff. Let's start, first of all, with Legends Night. Obviously, a Friday night before all the football started and the room was crept, uh, ramped up. Uh, me Dad and Mick went to Legends Night. Um, I think Carol, I don't think Kes put a proper total on yet, but I think it's over ten thousand they've, pounds they've, they've raised for the hospice, which is uh, a fantastic amount of money. Uh, thank you, everybody, who said hello. We had a few people said hello, uh, fans of the podcast. So appreciate you speaking to us and telling us that you like this nonsense that we do. Um, <laughs> and thank you yeah. for the
4: San Miguel as well.
2: Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, great night, great story, great stories from the legends. Anything very quickly, anything you two want to that stood out that you want to share very quickly?
0: Uh, Lee McMahon was brilliant again, as usual. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the magician was something else. <laughs> I've, been I've, I've been telling everybody all weekend what, what he did uh, with that pack of cards. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Fantastic.
4: Mm, absolutely. Danny, anything else? Um, I just think the entire night was fantastic, to be fair. The legends were incredible. Um, Guy Branson's always a pleasure with some of his stories. Um <clears throat> and to have his his old captain there as well, sort of like gave it a completely different dynamic and it was just brilliant to yeah. to watch and be a part of once again and um yeah, just a smashing night raising money for the hospice. And everyone would be pleased to know I didn't overspend and put a bid on any. <laughs> this time around uh, there was no gaza shirt for me this time uh, i nearly got the guy Branston shirt but i wasn't going to go above uh 170 for that so hold well on to whoever got it yeah uh Guy Branson does it does way, does an excellent money more impression as
2: we found out on Friday, yes right, he well. does
4: oh my um, god that was incredible <laughs> <laughs> we just have guy Branston back see, next yeah. time just to do impressions yeah, yeah, yeah. we absolutely will
0: I think one of the things that we should uh, we should mention is Kev Watson and um, his discussion about him leaving the club, which was um, emotional, I think, it's certainly emotional for him. Uh, and I think a lot of us supporters who were around at the time found it quite emotional as well in terms mm. of the treatment he got and received from some sections of our so-called supporters at the time um, and how that affected him mentally um you know it, it was it was um a real eye-opener and 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 massive kudos to kevin watson for mm. standing up and, and and talking about that which was which clearly even after all these years still um still hurts him um so yeah mm. top lad uh man mm. kevin watson sarah Robinson says
2: she was in tears are the Watson yeah. story well well my whole house because that story needs to be telling for everybody. It's, it's, it was great to have more that, that particular was was uh, interesting and fascinating. Um, back to current day of Rotherham United. Neil Bolton says, I can't wait for this. Mick Live from a co op in North Wales with an exclusive from Nathan <laughs> Jones. Sadly, I think Neil is a South Wales boy, uh, is Nathan Jones. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or is Mick playing the long game? Uh, you know, moved Wranglesey 10 years ago, whatever it were, just so you could get in Nathan Jones' ear just see me <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um right let's talk we'll talk We we'll talk about the Nathan Jones room we've got to cover that but it's all room with me so we're going to talk about that later because I think let's talk about what actually happened and what actually happened Tom was the best away performance of the season a clean sheet and very unlucky not to come away with all three points that is a world apart from a few days ago at Hull isn't it
3: yeah and credit where credit's due to Carlisle because he clearly mm. said or you know, did something. Because, like he said, it's not, it wasn't a change of, uh, it was a change of mentality more than it was anything else, which has clearly been the issue overriding all these away performances. Um, it's bizarre to think that we haven't played like that all season, giving it that kind of graph, that kind of energy. But you know, I keep saying it, but that has to be a, if not the benchmark now for more yeah. results. Uh, yeah, it was. Weird, seeing how good it how good it can be compared to how bad it has been.
0: Mm.
3: It was, yeah.
2: To be fair though, Danny, they started Birmingham were excellent to start to start with that first twenty minutes yeah. or so. Mm. Uh, I sort of felt, God, here we go, this is it again. They were all, they were on top of us. Dembele was having I mean, a whale of a time. I, we were under the cosh for that first twenty minutes, and it's we what we didn't do was we didn't give away any really easy chances. They we made them work hard for the chance, although they were massively on top. We made them work hard for the chances they created, and, the, and they we managed to really limit them in the time where they clearly thought they were going to be more most effective at the start of the game
4: yeah i think <clears throat> birmingham came back came out with quite a um definite game plan in the mm-hmm. beginning which was like to hit us hard and fast i mean <laughs> we're quite prone to conceding early um so i think that was their game plan like get out and get at them straight away and you know get a goal early but. Yeah, we, we restricted him. We sort of uh, stu- uh, stood fast against him in the beginning. Like whether or not that was something that Wayne Carlisle has highlighted, and they've actually it's uh, actually bedded in with the players. Uh, I'm not too sure because I'm not r- roundwood with binoculars anymore. Um, but the opening twenty minutes, yes, we were, were under the cosh, but it was like a different feeling of being under the cosh. Like yeah. we were allowing them chances, but dealing with it. And it wasn't like by the skin of your teeth, surviving something like Victor's pulled off a good save early doors. Um, but after that, it was just you know, we just dealt with it, we dealt with what was in front of us, and I think grew into the game as it went went on. Because I've I watched the highlights, like, um, and the highlights just all rolled in basically for the second half. Mm. Um, they didn't include the Dolphins sitter, which I'll. Which we'll cover in a little <laughs> bit, but the first half <clears throat> it was us dealing with Birmingham and then sort of creating our own chances after, like I say, about twenty minutes or so. But let's face it, we couldn't hit a bull's arse we Banjo in that <laughs> game, could with the look was out completely with us in front of goal, and maybe that's the lingering thing from away, com- la- the lack of away confidence. Mm. You know that we showed as a lack of composure in front of goal, um, but it seems. It seems Wayne Carlisle certainly said the right thing and looked at the right things to shut the back door. We just couldn't open the front door, which mm. was a shame because the the amount of chances we created could have got us three goals easily. Mm. Yeah, absolutely,
2: and I think maybe that's probably what we what Wayne Carlisle wanted from Tuesday against Hull. Mm-hmm. I think because in the up until it turned into a disaster, I think you saw elements of what we what we tried to do on Saturday. Um, and it just shows if you defend properly, defense with it with a calm and cool head, and, and everything else which we're going to come on with the, with players stepping up, mm. then you can hold these teams off that I've got better players, you can hold them off,
0: um, and grow into the game. That's what we did, we grew into the game, didn't we? We did, and and to be fair, when you saw the team sheet, when you or when you rec- realized or worked out how we were going to line up, um, I think you felt more confident that mm. we were going to be better defensively because. Um, with the greatest respect to Sean Morrison and Grant Hall, they've hardly played a game all season. You know that Ayala is is he's hit the ground running when he's got here. Mm-hmm. You know that um, that Hakeem Adolphin is going to do you a very very good job in the centre of that defence. So straight away you've got the confidence in there. You've also got Lee Peltier out, out of the right back, while which whilst he's not is not the quickest. Um, you know he reads the game very well and he's he's again he's he's been in solid form um and then it was a surprise the left the, the left side was a bit of a surprise i think um but but revan had a really good game and i think he's far more suited that combination of revan and bramall is far better than than playing them the other way around yeah so but but yeah i think we we, we set up defensively straight away we knew that we were going to get a better deal than we got on um, on tuesday night which to be fair <laughs> weren't that difficult? You could have put us for it back for him, would have got a bit of deal, so you know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it uh, it, it kind of set the stage a little bit. We defended very well for the first 20 minutes and then grew into the game, which I think I keep saying that, but that seems to me to be the game plan that Matt Taylor tried to implement. And Wayne Carlisle conti- continued to do that, failed mm-hmm. spectacularly against Hull. Um, but, but yesterday we were we, we we were successful with it, so yeah. Would you say yeah, that's I, our best back four then? No, I mean I obviously. Oh, no, uh, is probably here, given. I mean. Given, I mean, given injuries. Um, yeah. Given injuries at the moment, sadly, I would have to say yes. Yeah. Um, and I say sadly because I don't want Akeem Duffin in, in, in that back four. Really? It's I, so I, good in field, isn't it, though. I, I just. You could have had two. Yeah, I know, I, but he's still mean, good at the back. He is. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I mean I suppose on the upside, if Victor gets injured, we can always put him in net. So
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. I think we clearly listens to the podcast because in the last
2: show we said you could drop axe into defense and cover there. which is he's playing number up top on his own. Mm-hmm. And I think we mentioned starting Jimmy Lindsay as well. So hello Wayne, thank you for watching. because everything <laughs> we did last show,
0: I think. <laughs> um
2: well, I want to start with number Tom because he got he got dropped um for the whole game. Um me and many others were baffled by the decision to drop him from the whole game and yeah. sadly that 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 bafflement is justified by the way he performed on Saturday because he played like he did against Leeds he led yeah. the line he pressured their defenders their defenders didn't like it at all he's got that physicality about him he's everything the extra fans told us he would be the good side of him that's all we're getting at the minute
3: yeah. he obviously
2: is a bit more clinical because he could could have done better once or twice Mm. Um, but that is he's, he's really built he's growing into a championship striker at the minute really.
3: yeah definitely he's uh, yeah if he adds goals to his game he's the complete package and mm. I think a lot of us kind of owe him an apology then because after the first four or five games none of us saw where this could come from but <clears throat> yeah no it's, it's brilliant it's still a rawness to him and mm. he's obviously not quite the whole thing just yet but if he was he wouldn't be playing for us he's that yeah. quick that direct he's good on the ball as well yeah um, He's good in the air. He's he's, he's just an all-round good player. I mean, <clears throat> when he hit the bar, he didn't really hit the bar. He made that opportunity for himself kind of thing. Yeah. A lot of the stuff he's feeding off is stuff that he's doing himself. So, yeah, the, the goals will come, I'm sure. I'm sure if he would have scored in the last, you know, against Leeds or um, even uh, if Rathbone would have squared it. I know we'll talk about that later. But if Rathbone would have squared <laughs> it, that's another goal. You know, th- these goals will come eventually. You just have to keep starting him. But... Although you're saying that, you know, you were surprised he didn't play on Tuesday. I'm not entirely not surprised, but at the same time, he wanted to try a direct two up top. And it kind of, it didn't work. So he he went back to Nombe by himself, but I don't blame Carlisle for trying that. I just blame him for not bringing on Nombe quicker than he did. I mean, by that time, we were already 3-0 down at halftime or whatever it was. So he couldn't have done much, but absolutely agreed. He needs to be our starting forward now, without a doubt. It's, uh, it's frustrating how long it's taken him to get that chance. Mm. Uh, yeah, overall to get that chance. Um, but yeah, fantastic player. And I think he was helped out by um, by the uh, the wingers as well. They supported yes. him when they needed to. Rathbone supported him when they needed to. I think okay. it was an all-round, you know, he obviously, led, like you said, led the line really well, but it is about the players around him as well. and. You know, some people might say he didn't, but I I'd special mention to Appiah I thought he had a, you know, mm. decent game. Keep keep getting him playing, and I think he'll be a good player.
2: Yeah, we're probably going to miss out some players tonight, as per We could name. Yeah, eight, eight, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, go through some comments. Um, Shelley said do we need to be less selfies. Last two games, two potential tap ins across across the first goal possibly. Michael Miller says decent performance at Birmingham, but he thinks Birmingham were poor. Birmingham were awful under yeah. there of the beating. I think that is that is true. Uh, John Marell says from the, the Birmingham side seemed their game plan early on was to attack the left-hand side and obviously when Laird went off early that did suffer uh, mm. yes it did we uh, J- will come on to this further but Holly says how good was it to see Jamie Lindsay in midfield field again it was so good to see Jamie Lindsay back in there to be honest with you uh, back on number though Danny I, I am we, we, we thought theory is with we, well it's not theory it's a, it's a bit of a thought I suppose that he might be better only on his own Whenever we've seen him in a two this season, at any stage, he's really, really struggled being in that two. Where he gets in other people's way. I'm not convinced about it. I think the only way that Nome plays is to play up top on his own with, the, with extra support when the wingers and Rathbone, like he did yesterday. That
4: may be the only way he works, I think. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it certainly seemed that he was a lot better at pressing when he was up top just on his own. Yeah. Um, like I said, because of the highlights that I've seen, we sort of created chances just by pressing Birmingham whilst they were trying to play out from the back. Um, which is something that I've been calling out for for a long, long time this season. Just keep pressing the ball and forcing mistakes. And um, I think it was the Paul Davis um, st- story of article on Birmingham, which said we played the four two three one. Um, which is yeah. You know, it, 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 which is a little bit new for us because normally it's been like more of a flat 3 four three three or even a, a four five one. But um, so that's what
2: Carlisle said, and when Carlisle in his post
4: post he said we play it all time, and I didn't think we did. No, I didn't think we did either. Yeah. <clears throat> Unless now it's um, more. It's it, it, it just got there, and now we actually know how to play it. But anyway, um, yeah. but yeah, I agree. Nombe works best as that um he's not quite a target man centre forward because I don't think he's quite big enough, he's more like a mobile centre forward. Mm-hmm. Um with like the with the wider players there to support him and with Rathbone just in behind like it's like the <clears throat> the little cog behind the centre forward sort of thing. Um that seems to suit Nombay really well and I think when we've played at least that front four, if you like, um that's when we've seen the best of Nombe. And it's a few performances now, barring Hull because uh, um where we've seen number eight is best, really. Mm. And he's getting in them scoring positions now. He, he has already got one goal to his name, but I think against Birmingham, we got into so many scoring positions, but that little bit of away confidence crept in, and so there was not as much composer as there could have been. Mm. Um, and like you said there, Tom, that headed chance, he just created it for himself, and it was so unlucky for it to not d- drop the right side of the crossbar as well. Um mm. But was, like I say, we're starting to see the best in Nabe, and I think soon, potentially against Swansea, uh, he might score again. If I'm being honest,
2: mm. yeah, one of those games Mick, where you could you can always you can always throw out throw that at the striker that he hasn't scored, but he's not missed any great opportunities. The, the one chance he had was on was at the angle, and if he scored in the in the first half, if he scores from there, you say oh, that's a great finish, and he's done well, really good to beat the keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like sitting there saying he's missing sitters, he's, he's playing well, but not, not shooting or whatever. He's not really, he is feeding off scraps at the minute in terms of chances. Um, and I, he, he should have scored against Leeds. That clearance off the line from the Leeds player was a stunning yeah. clearance and other moments like that. So I, I'm not, the go, lack of goals so far is not, is not a worry for me because he's looked fairly clinical. I, 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 yeah, I mean,
0: I said this a few weeks ago, the, the, there's plenty more to come from and I don't think he's anywhere close to being the player he's going to be. As of yet, there's a lot more. There's a lot more in there. Um, and once we can get, if, like I said, once, if we can get into a position where we start creating more chances and we're away off that at the moment, um, then, then he'll start to progress even quicker. Uh, he's, he's definitely a, a, a damn good player and um, and, yeah. and will turn out to be a, a very, very effective uh, striker at this level, I, I think. Anyway, um, so so yeah, he's been unlucky. He's been unlucky. Like I say, uh, he, he could have had two tap-ins: one against Leeds, one against Birmingham. Had we had we been a little bit more um, intelligent in the way that we we played in the, in that eighteen-yard box, so he's getting himself in the right positions. And, like, and as everybody else has said, you know, he's he's pressing is very good, and uh, he's got the pace and everything else. And I'm sure he's got the composure to finish as well it will develop into a, a a really really good investment i think mm,
2: i agree scott kent scott kent says number is the best striker at the club in his opinion just needs to keep playing and the goals will come mm. yeah. yeah it helps you play wingers next him, which i thought helped mm. uh, as as appier. um Let's move on to Ayala. We could have started with Ayala to with Tom, because I thought oh, Ayala was an absolute rock at the back. Mm-hmm. And I don't want—I don't—I'm not—I don't, not, don't want—I feel bad digging out another player by talking about what I thought Ayala is. What we thought Sean Morrison would be, to be honest with you, I thought Ayala won everything in the air. He was there organizing yeah. everybody? He is that type of player who just drags everybody up by the scruff of the neck and just come on, get on with it. And I, 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 he's like mentioned earlier. He just hit the ground running.
3: Ayala. It looks—it looks brilliant. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't drop him, would you? But um yeah, it's all about if you don't get injured. That's the only yes. <laughs> thing.
0: Biggest... Oh, you're saying that Tom.
3: <laughs> well, I mean it was someone was bound to say it at some point because you know, you, you, you're right, he's fantastic. And it's like I said, everything in the air, everything on the floor, he won. There was a minute when he was pr- absolutely pressing on the left wing. Um yeah, and it, it was ridiculous to think that he's 30 whatever, uh, 33, 33, and uh, not played for six months or whatever it may be, and looked fit, strong, Mm. like you're saying, organised the defence. I think it really helped. Again, Mick, this is it. I think it really helped having Hacks there for the legs. I Mm. I can't see him not playing there now. I I just can't. um, I I can't see you bringing Hall into that defence or Morrison into that, especially alongside Ayala, because it, it, it would just be too exposed uh, for pace um, mm. I think there was still a bit of rust in there with him I think a couple passes he was a bit astray um, but yeah he looks like a right coup um, I've got no idea how how we managed to get that to happen I mean it was such bizarre luck with Green getting injured yeah. for the season and then him being brought in but my god it's worked out for the best especially with you know our central defender um, issues with injuries Um Yeah, but I completely agree. I don't don't think Morrison and Hall can't be like that. I just think they haven't shown it yet. And whether or not these sort of performances make them think, well, we aren't guaranteed a place if we're fit and whatever, then hopefully it's a case of they'll improve their performances if he improves his, etc. Kind of a fight for your place kind of scenario. So, you know, hopefully they get better, but he doesn't look out of place at all. He looks like a proper defender, and uh, one I'd be more than happy to see play every week.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. He's got his limitations. Uh, he is. He is very slow, Danny, and sometimes he moves like not all of his legs are his own. Sometimes, um, but when, that that when like that like Tom says, when you've got something like hacks, they'll all come on for his or bracket when they're fit that just allows that extra bit of freedom from Ayala to sort of go, I, I can go and attack that ball in the middle of the pitch because I've got this cover, whereas Sean Morris and Grant Hall can't cover as well. They've got the legs, have they? So that that hacks back like there seems a bit of a masterstroke from Saturday.
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, <clears throat> like you say, it's, it's funnily enough, it's the experience heads that have, you know, that are, getting on a bit sounds a bit too harsh, but, um, you know, they're not as quick as <clears throat> as they used to be, but... The experience helps, and it and it's just have to you just have to rejig your system at the back, really, just to accommodate it a little bit. Um, like I say, we Ayala, I've noticed that he's got quite a um, quite a large turning circle. Oh, um, yes. <clears throat> yeah, very large turning circle. So having someone like Hacks, who's like I say, got the legs, is quite beneficial because it allows them to attack the ball, but also have cover in behind. Uh, we are massively missing Cam Humphreys, I think. Yeah um because he would play that role down to a team I mean, and we've seen him play it with with peltier and with woody last season where they'd step out and attack the ball and humphries would be straight into his cover um and the only other center-half that could do that's currently on loan at barnsley um and mm. and yeah. isn't and isn't championship standard yet um so so yeah, we just had to tweak how we play really. Um and a being as versatile as he is allows us to still play with the more experienced heads and stepping out because he just does the job anywhere. He do your job as uh, an attacking midfielder, defensive midfielder, or as a as a centre back. Um he's just he's, he's almost like a more versatile version of Ben Wiles because hacks yeah. can legit play anywhere. Yeah. Um but again with a dolphin, that little creeping of a uh, away lack of confidence um in front of goal sort of brought it down a little bit for hacks, I think.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. Um Top Kelly says, Did you have the razor at the ready Matt? No, I've resigned myself to that we're never gonna win a- win away from home ever again. Um, <laughs>
3: <'cause>
2: <laughs> next Christmas I'll be I will be able to go as Father as Christmas um somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um Danny mentions the hacks' chances, make... Mm. They're quite frustrated because the air shot was one he should have done better with. But then the other one with his weak foot is yeah. it's the technique on it's stunning.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I mean the, the 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 first one, uh for a, for, for for any of us it to even get <laughs> anywhere you know, near it would have been a joke. For, for for a professional footballer, I'm sure that um that hacks will think that he he, he let one go there, you know, he, he missed out. Uh, um, so yeah, it was unlucky. But the, but the the other one, it, it was an excellent save. I think if I remember rightly from Ruddy, yeah. um, he, he caught it so well with his left foot. It was probably yeah. a little bit low as it as it you know it were quite it was uh, quite a, a straightforward, albeit a decent looking save. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think he would be kicking himself on the on the the the, the one that he missed completely. Um, he just he just got too far. We went past it, didn't he? Yeah,
2: he yeah, did. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, uh, but he's getting himself into those positions, you know, um, and it's, yeah, we love him, we love him to bits and, and you know, that he's going to bang some goals in no matter where he plays on the pitch, but, it, but certainly from that mid, midfield plays, uh, midfield position is going to, he's going to get some goals from open play. Yeah. If he, if he's, if he's playing at the back, it's more likely to be from set pieces, but, um, yeah, he was unlucky, I'm mean, going to put it down to bad luck rather than anything else because, um, under normal circumstances, you'd want that to fall to Akeem wouldn't you? Both of them.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, Uh lots. There's quite a lot to talk about tonight. To be honest with you, Uh Ian Cox says, "Do you think Lemberg needs to be in midfield?" Yes, a good shout that. That's interesting, this Tom, because I thought Pelts was excellent last, yeah, yesterday, and he, yes. he was better than Lemberg has probably been all season.
3: Yeah, he's, when when
2: the came on, I came and I thought, oh god no. And then he moved into midfield, and I thought it were it were decent, and he didn't yeah. cause any problems. I thought he got caught at once, maybe. I thought he was he's better for us further forward, just because he's got an extra layer of protection. I think.
3: Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I think he's a. I think he started off really well for us, and mm. there's obviously a player there, but he can't defend at the minute. He really yeah. can't his confidence is shot or what whatever reason it is he really can't he, he dives in when he should stand off and he stands off when he should you know be getting tighter and more aggressive everything he kind of decides to do he just gets skipped past and playing him at right back is it's it's a it's a, it's a, it's a mistake waiting to happen at the minute so yeah i i'd i'd say similar with the other the other side right winger right wing back whatever you want to say has to be better off like that and that, and that's what i thought um Carlisle did well on the left hand side it mm-hmm. was almost like um it was like a 5 when we were defending and a 4 when we were attacking and i thought that really really worked um revan's quality from um the left wing getting balls into the box is spot on absolutely mm-hmm. his crossing ability is great um has got legs to keep up and down um and there was a couple times where revan stepped forward to follow his man and a lot of the time when Bramall left back would step forward, nobody would cover that space and there'd be a big yeah. gap in, bet- in behind our centre backs. Um But whereas, because Bramall was naturally a left back, he co- covers inside and it kind of just worked a bit better. It was a, it was an aggressive five or a, or a defensive four, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um It just, it I don't know. It just worked with two wingers. Um, yeah. both being full backs um same with same with the lamborg side he is uh he's a fantastic player going forward and i'm sure when he gets a bit more experienced he'll be a great defender and especially with peltier next beside him he'll definitely learn from it but currently you can't you you can't ask him to play right back against some of these tricky wingers because they'll just absolutely they'll get past him every time um whereas with Pelts it's Weird how much we rely on him. I, I never thought that at the start of the season he'd be one of our key men, but he really is. Um, mm. Every game he plays, we look so solid. Um, and whether that's just a um, placebo effect, I've got no clue. But everyone seems to be a bit more calm. Everyone mm. seems a bit more fired up. He's just—he's one of them players that you kind of just need in your team, and you—you'd hate to play against him as well. But, I mean, my god, he seems like an absolute wind up. But tackle, but yellow <laughs> card, of quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, he, really, he knew he was coming off didn't he he's <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. He done yeah. that he does that before I love it if I were Dexter I'd be drinking in everything that Peltier is doing because Peltier yeah, yeah. Is, Peltier's got the, the building box to be a much better player than Peltier but mm. Dexter's not doing what Peltier is good at and I'd be just taking it all in and just yeah. copying him and, yeah.
0: um, he, won't, he won't go far wrong if he does that to be honest with you going forward
2: yeah, not, um,
0: a, a 19. If, he can, if he can get half of Peltier's experience out yeah. of him before uh, before mm. he's into his sort of mid-20s, he's going to be a hell of a defender.
3: Yeah. yeah. He will will having be, a of
0: confidence at the moment, into not and, and that's yeah. understandable given his age and the level that he's playing at.
3: Yeah, you know. absolutely agree. I, I don't think it's any fault of his own. I think he's been in a poor poor team who've conceded a lot of goals and it's going to mm. naturally knock your confidence. Yeah. Whereas if he kind of regains that, if we start getting wins, he'll stop. Regaining his confidence, and we know going forward, he's a fantastic footballer. It's just defensively where he can lack a bit. Mm. Um, if he just shows it up, he, he will be a starting right back again. But for now, you just have to put pelts every day, yeah,
2: yeah, completely agree. Moving on to the left, Danny. This is also something else we mentioned on the podcast, not you know, not to toot on horn too much. Um, but if you're going to play Revan and Bramall, Bramall has to be the one further forward. Mm. Not only because Bramwell's got the legs, but because Revan's not a left, Revan doesn't have anything that suits being a left winger, whereas Bramwell does. And I felt like Revan, particularly against Leeds and especially against Hull, was completely hung out to dry. But as Tom said, in that left back position, it looked a natural. And that was Revan's best game for us so far. And, and although Bramwell wasn't amazing, I thought Bramwell was decent as well.
4: Yeah, I mean it helps that we've now got um <clears throat> enough cover at the back to not play Bramwell as a left side as centre back as well. Yeah. Um. with uh, Revan out wider. So, so yeah, it, it, it sort of suits Revan a little bit. Like to say, he's still, you know, on the young side, he's a lot more defensively orientated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a similar case with Lemme Kiesa, with With Bramwell, he's sort of got that bit of cover in behind him, so he can go on then runs and not have to blow a gasket, get him back if he loses the ball or, <clears throat> or, pay, or play, uh, sort of passes him by a little bit. Um, like I say, I don't think it was amazing completely. Uh, I thought in some places it was very quiet. Um, but bramwell's definitely more suited to be a bit more further forward. He's more of a he's more of a wing back rather than a left back. Yes. Uh, whereas I think Reverend's more of a left back than a wing back, and Bramall can really bomb for him. I mean, we saw it um, under Paul Warren as well. Like Bramall was more of your your wing back sort of role. Mm. Um, and it suits him more because he's got the pace. You know, I'd, I'd be surprised if he's not our fastest player. He's got um, has got defensive in problems as well. He's not great defensively, is he? Yeah, it, it, it can do it can do the job there, um, mm. but he just wouldn't be your first choice. I don't think. Mm. I think he's definitely more suited to bombing forward and then providing the cover when necessary. Mm. Uh, whereas Revan's less inclined to bomb forward, and he is the cover. You know, um, and it's just if Revan steps out, then Bramall steps in, that sort of thing. We um, yeah, have I like to see Bramall bomb forward a bit more and, you know, support um, <clears throat> uh potentially, because it seems to suit us a bit better. Like, this mm. was one of our strongest away performances, probably the strongest of this season so far, as a complete game. I'd say <clears throat> the second 45 against Southampton was stronger but as an overall game plan, this one was the strongest away game itself, yeah. I think. And um, it's actually put in quite a nice uh, application for Wayne Carlisle to get the job permanently because he's able oh. to get that performance out of them. However, nope. I don't think we will give it Wayne Carlisle, but it's certainly got on going again.
2: It may have put himself in the frame for another job. not ours. Yeah. Um, I don't
3: know. I think he'll stay on.
2: I, I won't be again. Uh, we will we'll talk about that. I, yeah. I, I, we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, just on maybe refereeing things, John to peltier got away with the cheeky slap on Dembele. Yes, he did. This was this was the booking. I think he got booked. Then gave Dembele a little tap. Um, he was lucky not to get a card for that. Also, Mick Bramall was very very lucky not to get sent off. Basically, yeah. just punch. He went a punch really, but just tapping one of their players on top of his head. I'm going to book him for it. That was really, really silly. And mm. for me, it was a... It's it just like to top of it. It's a red card. Yeah, mm. it was a red. I don't know. Yeah,
0: I I mean, it it, it was mad, wasn't it? I, I thought it was... I thought it was Pelts that had done that, to be honest. I'm pretty sure it was Peltier. But either way, whether it was Peltier or Bramall, how the referee came out of that giving a yellow card is beyond me. Yeah. My initial thought, when I, when I saw it happen, mm. uh, my initial thought was that it, it, it just throwing himself yeah. on the ball then when I saw the replay I thought well that's going to be a red card mm. how he can come out with that with a yellow suggests to me that the referee didn't see it yes which is good Another reason um he's but he, so but he didn't it. see it they then can't give a yellow you know he's guess um, on it yeah so but but you know we're not going to get onto referees because I know Mike's in the comments and everything mm. else this is referee from um from the Wednesday game and we he will. just gives absolutely everything and nothing for for no apparent reason, and and but that one I don't think he saw. I, I'm sure he didn't see it mm. Um because it should have been a red. I agree, but the good thing is it gave something for, it, which means
2: they're coming in a retrospective action, which is the good thing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We were looking not to go
0: into ten minute, a really key time in the game that were really, really, really silly from Bramall. Um... I thought it was, I'm sure it was Peltier, but there you go. Um, I think John John's mentioned in the comments it ran and right in front of it. It was Peltier. that were a different one though, weren't it? I don't know. All right because Peltier
2: gave them Peltier cleaned Dembele out and got a book in. Yeah, yeah. And then slapped him at the same It wasn't a slap, it was just sort of you know a clip round ear time kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Um they would I think they were different things. You're Right, you're right. It was, it was Bramor because Bramall was tracking back and Dembele he got, he just got in his way, didn't he? He deliberately got in his way two or three times. It's like James. Say, it's like James, he'd come on. Yeah, it's eight,
2: six minutes. So it would have been very late on. Me, it, have, the ref must have seen something, otherwise he would have no justification. I, I think he knows something's happened. I think yeah. that's what it is. Uh, and I think between him and his officials, they've assumed that something has happened that warrants a yellow card. Uh, if he's yeah. seen that knock on Ed, it, it would have had to send him off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on to the Rathbone chance, Tom. Oh God! <laughs> you know I mean?
0: oh,
4: this it's is just
3: it's a handball. Move on. I thought,
4: Ramble, I thought it was a handball. Nobody else has mentioned
3: anything. Yeah, I thought
4: it was a handball. I thought
3: it was a handball. I think, I think Rathbone has to finish that, no matter what. Yes. I think the fact that he hasn't scored it's completely on him. Um, absolutely should score it, but. Having said that, it's a handball. The way that it's not gone in is because somebody has handballed it off the line. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's a red card and a, a penalty. So potentially going one 0 up with ten men. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, yeah, I think that's all you can really say on it. I mean, obviously, there's the whole if he squares it, then Nombe has attacked yeah. him. But I think in that position, it's a rush of blood. and I don't think he even looked up. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine he would have passed it there. Um, yeah has to score the fact he hasn't is mind-boggling and just goes yeah. to show our form way but having said that I thought he handballed it on the line so um, yeah red card and a penalty um, but then again like John's just said it's so tough to see but it was uh, yeah the ref for not giving it yeah it would happen
2: very quickly and the, the, uh, none of the replays are, are definitive uh, yeah. is what I would say yeah. Um I think it is but isn't it, it's not one of those where we're going to dig a referee out for that I don't think I, th- I, th- I think it was but it was happened so quickly probably was quite far away as well bearing in mind the circumstances
1: mm. that
2: it happened I don't think you can dig him out for that particularly um, but, but the chance itself Danny Rathbone's one of the guys that I would want on that chance because uh, he's normally so good on the ball he's, he's, he can pick pick a shot he can do all these other things um, I, I'm, I was just shocked that he didn't go in
4: genuinely just blew my mind sadly to be fair, my reaction to seeing it echoed Rathbone's reaction on the pitch, to be fair. He's oh, got <laughs> his hands on the floor, yeah. like, And I think that's why it's, I don't know, almost suspicious behaviour, because Rathbone thinks he scored as soon as he's left his boot, and I think nine out of ten times, that just goes in, doesn't yeah. it? Um, but, I mean, to be fair to their player, he has tracked back really well and covered his keeper really, really well. However, there is the suspicion of handball. Um, One of the few times I'd actually call uh, VAR into it, but at the same time, I think uh, the slap on the head, if that got reviewed by VAR, that would have been us down to 10 men as well. So swings and roundabouts. Um, But you sort of see his arms up, you know, his his arms up and out to the side. It's not within the confines of his body. So by definition of the law, it's in an unnatural position in his Prevented the prevented the goal, which is a penalty and a sending off. I, I think wonder, it
2: is. If the sees it, it would have, it would have had to given that, yeah.
4: Yeah, um, but you know, referee's not seeing it, and uh, Rathbone as it as <laughs> just echoed nobody, the emotion of at least uh, 900 hundred fans that were there or whatever. The
2: nobody was. claimed it, at the
4: time, No, nobody, no, like nobody claimed, claimed it, it either. Yeah, uh, yeah. maybe nobody everyone was just so not. shocked that it hadn't gone in, they just yeah, yeah. went, "Oh no!" Like number yeah. obviously chasing after the ball, so striker's instinct pursue the ball until the net ripples mm. um, but yeah I, I thought it were handball watching it back it's just oh, now nah, then mm. look if if that City's hand Ollie Rathbone and, and Sam
0: Nombe are in the referee's face I thought it was handball that was my immediate reaction when I saw it I screamed handball and and then I saw that Rathbone, neither Rathbone nor Nombe had appealed in any way and they would have done they were yeah. they were both closest to it they both saw it they both saw what happened and neither of them appealed so I have to I mean on that basis and the referees are obviously not giving it either so you've got three people there all of whom were close to it and none of them thought it were handball so but on that basis I'm I'm going it probably wasn't although my fault yeah. was that it was so
4: mm, yeah look it was, yeah, I mean, that's a referee.
0: It. yeah I mean only Rathbone's just had one cleared off the line you know, yeah. if that's it, somebody's hand, he's gonna be. If he even thinks it's hit somebody's hand, he's gonna be screaming like a like a banshee, mm. isn't he, you know. So yeah, not for me. Charlie <laughs> says you've screamed handball. I've screamed passive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, I'd be, I'd, I think um, I think we need a bit of um, training playing square balls. I think there should be some uh, some drills going up at Roundwood this week. Playing square balls, square, <laughs> square, square. That's all I want to be hearing for. Uh,
1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> are
2: you, you criticising Rathbone, Mick, or what are, you, what are your thoughts on it? Because it's, it's exactly the same as the Number chance against Leeds, and Nambé had the shot, beat the keeper, didn't beat the defender.
0: Look, it's if, exactly if, the same. If, if, we, if we're talking about trying to be elite level professionals, then yes, you've got to criticise him for it. I mean, I understand why he's done what he's done, and, and 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 i on the on the having said what I've just said, I'll I, I probably probably contradict myself completely, and say I won't criticise him for having a go. But in yeah. reality, if you look at it in the cold light of day, as a as an in, impartial observer, that ball has to go square. It has to. Um, but I mean, you, you, like I said, you're talking about elite level players. You know, you're talking about top end Premier League players, who so will spot that. Um, but that's what they're aiming to, to achieve, isn't it? You know, that sort of level of ability. So, yeah, it's got to go square. No no question about that. And I think, harsh as it might be, yeah, I would criticise him for not doing that.
2: Yeah, that is a shame. But at the same time, Tom, I think we've got to give credit to Rathbone because I thought he was excellent. That was Rathbone's best performance from other in a while now. Um, he was given a free, almost a free rein from that field to go and press, go and be a nuisance. And the chance came from him putting pressure on Sanderson for the short back pass. So he made yeah. the opportunity himself and fluffed it himself, sadly.
3: Yeah, uh, definitely. I think um, somebody said it in the comments before, but he's been playing with the threat of uh, one more yellow card and he's banned. Yeah. And I think that has has to weigh on him, has to. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Playing with a bit more of a free roll. Um, has made him very much a threat on the press. And I think backing up yeah. Ndombe with that is um, definitely definitely the way that we need to go. Be an in-your-face kind of squad, uh, mm-hmm. kind of team. Um, yeah, there's definitely bits of his game that need to be improved. I mean, more goal involvements, if he's playing further up the pitch for sure, yeah. goals and assists. His corners, if we've not got a, a routine set-piece taken, definitely need to improve um but yeah no he's he's back to his kind of energetic in your face kind of ways um but that's how it needs to stay now there's no i i mean i think he'll be the first to say that his last couple of games have not been great even when we've played well he's not really been at his best so um yeah it's um with the, with those yellow card issues behind him now i think he can probably um kick on again 'Cause if he gets, you know, two or th- you know, his kind of performance is coming off with <laughs> a yellow card and a potential another yellow card. So, you know, mm. it's um yeah, hopefully we get to see more of him doing what he does best alongside Lindsay and uh more of a holding midfielder in in Thierry. We we'll we'll see. Um I'm not getting too excited about him yet though, because I definitely think he needs to needs to keep the consistency up. He's he's done it too often this season, where I'll have a good game and the next game will be poor, and it's not yeah. quite like him. So if he can maintain those consistency levels, then we should be dominating midfield games again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just the plus.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the last few people mentioned in the comments the yellow card amnesty is amnesty, but the yellow card start again now. Now you now get to go to ten, which would then be a two match ban. So he's got six yellow cards before he gets uh, any potential uh, suspensions. Uh, whether that's impacted or and I don't, we don't know. We're always assuming. Uh, John <laughs> Ralston didn't think Rathbun didn't did, didn't do too much. I uh, thought Lindsay looked a much better player. <laughs> yeah, i just buzzing and see Jamie Lindsay back in, back on pitch, Danny, and he mm-hmm. is what we've been missing. I, th- I think this was one of the reasons I feel sorry for Matt Taylor because I think he pinned a lot of this season on Jamie Lindsay based on how he played at the end of last season, and he didn't. It didn't have him for a single moment, and I think Saturday showed how important he, him and Ti just looked. That's that's that looked perfect. Them two together.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I thought so as well. Um, like I said, Zai uh, almost you know, hold him, but Jamie Lindsay, you know, Jamie Lindsay's just Jamie Lindsay, is a terrier. You know, yeah. he, he just goes here, there and everywhere and just um, bites at people, basically. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it was really good to see Lindsay back in, in the start in 11. Um I think it showed that we'd missed him as well um, because we did look a lot more uh sound in midfield like don't get me wrong it wasn't perfect but it looked better um i saw a comment earlier that says kafu doesn't get into that midfield and it's like yeah that's a fair point actually um because i I always thought rathburn always tried a little bit too hard because he tried to dictate the tempo in midfield himself um and sort of drag kafu through it a little bit and that's why um, Rathbone wasn't at his best because he was trying to do everything um, and I think Lindsay's just come in and just put in a Lindsay-style performance and that's why I think Rathbone looked better, and just because he was able to play a bit more freer
1: um,
4: mm. with Lindsay in midfield as well um, but yeah, it's just, it's just really good to see Lindsay back, um, I can understand him coming off after 70 minutes because they don't want to risk oh, yeah. him too much and you know, hitting the ground running is one thing, but then they're carrying it on past um, the fatigue level. Um, and I think Lindsay's going to be a certified starter for the Swansea game, to be honest. Um on in charge. Well, it depends on who's in charge, yeah. But if, it, if it's the same management staff, which I don't think it will be, no. but if it is, Lindsay's a certified starter because that midfield three worked so much better mm. than the other ones that we've seen.
3: Do you do you think it was a? This is going to sound so rogue, but do you think it was a Lindsay style performance? Because I didn't think it was. I thought he played well, but I don't think it was getting at players and being on Uh, their heels. I thought he was dealt with the
2: ball well, really well. One of his issues with on the ball. On ball, it was excellent.
4: I think it was a Lindsay style performance. If you tell him to be uh, a more on the ball midfielder rather than (laughs) an Ippy midfielder. Which mm. seems to be how we want to play midfield and we actually use midfield. It's definitely more on the ball orientated under mm. Matt Taylor and now Wayne Carlisle. Mm. Um, and I think Lindsay's adapted quite well to that. Um, yeah. And yeah. It, it, could, it could be just the Jamie Lindsay style performance, just playing a different style of football with mm. his feet. Uh, but yeah. I still think the, the, the nip and tuck sort of midfielder is still there. Yeah. Uh, but he's just a lot better with his feet. And I think if he were on the ball for ninety minutes, it could have created so much more as well. Yeah. But like I said, that's running before he can walk. We need to get him match fit completely first. Mm. Mm. Yeah, um,
2: L From a neutral point of view, says Lindsay was far better on the ball. Rathbone rushed all the time, tried to everything hundred mile, and I think he does that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's Rathbone. <laughs> yeah,
1: we've
2: got to move on. We've got two more things to cover, Mick. But I, don't, I can't. We can't finish by not mentioning Arvin Apaya because. Yeah. That first 45 minutes that it danced through their defense a couple of times, mm-hmm. and he's exactly the winger we've been crying out for. I think him and Fred on either side that, that, that could be a potentially hugely
0: dangerous, um, wide areas, yeah. Without a doubt, he's a, he's a hell of a player. Um, and uh, given, given his previous uh transfer history, there's not it shouldn't really come as much of a surprise to people, should it? No, um, it, but he's obviously a player that's going to need a little bit of time to bed into. A, into a team, you, I don't think he's going to be, he's, he's not the impact type of player for me, you know, he needs to establish himself in a team and um, and um give him a run of games and I think he'll cause, he'll cause no end of trouble, no end of problems, mm. uh, he's, he's a quality, quality player and he shouldn't be playing for other United, there's no doubt about that, in my view, um, albeit, having said that, he's not really shown it for us at the moment, just in flashes, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he he, he he needs to be getting some game time because he will cause defences all sorts of problems, as he did a couple of times on uh, on, on Saturday against Birmingham, so, unfortunately, the end product wasn't there um, on these occasions, but, like, against Southampton, the, uh, albeit he was offside, um, you know, he's mm-hmm. he sure that he can do it, um, so, so, yeah, he, he needs to be in that team and he needs to be starting for me. Um, I don't think that that starting eleven, given the injury situation that we've got at the moment, I don't think that starting eleven is very far off um, where we need to be. Um, I, I think overall, the quality of the game was was very poor. In reality, I yeah. poor I don't think we were much better. However, you know, from from a Rotherham United point of view, um, it's a it's a massive step in the right direction in terms of. In, just in terms of building that little bit of confidence um, and and being a lot a lot more solid at the back and creating some stuff up front, uh, I don't think they played to their abilities to their capabilities. Sorry, I would rather United, but it's it's a massive step in the right direction, definitely. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, Alan Cox just very quickly says a few people mentioned Bowler. Uh, he needs to be back. He's not even in the squad. You won't see Bowler no. this side of Chris, this side of the new, at the earliest.
4: It, it'll home. be the uh, the close of the January window when his next yeah. opportunity to be back in the squad is. I think. Yeah. But yeah, that's that was Matt Taylor's decision not to include him in the twenty five.
2: I don't think um, we so I think I think we've we've managed fine without him to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I think so. Anyway,
4: it, it would have been a brilliant squad player when the injuries hit, but you know that's yes. that's a decision Matt Taylor made not to include him, so we went out and got a free agent by pleading with the EFL um, mm-hmm. to rescind uh, Andre Green's place and bring in Ayala. So, yeah. the swings around right about. I do feel sorry for Bowler, to be honest, because he's not put a foot wrong. No. Um, <clears throat> uh, and I think he's loaned at, was it Bradford last season? Yeah, that didn't work out. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't the best, but in pre-season, he didn't put a foot wrong, I don't think. Oh. He's just a victim of circumstance, I think, is the best way to put it. Mm. Mm. Um Shelly says the fans used to
2: love the cheer getting forward at New
4: York City We need that raw when Appiah gets
2: on the ball yeah. Absolutely do mm-hmm. um, we, we really need to move on, sorry um, Right, first of all, let's, t- let's tick off the FA Cup draw that happened this afternoon Fulham away,
4: this is, this is a split opinion, as everything else does with Rotherham United um, <laughs> It you will know be a, a day ending in Y without a split opinion at Rotherham United yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I'm of the opinion that it's a Premier League team It's a decent Premier League team We've played them not that long ago in the league, and they're not a particularly exciting Premier League team. It's not it's not even an Everton or, or, or Aston Villa or something like that. They are i not I'm, I'm not trying to dig Fulham fans out, and I'm sorry, I'm sure none of them are listening. I just don't really care enough about Fulham for it to be an interesting tie for me, just because the Premier League doesn't make it interesting for me. Um that's just me. I know Danny's of the opposite
3: opinion. Tom, thoughts on the thoughts on the draw? It's fine. Could be worse. Could be better. I think, I think some teams are fine, fun. Uh, Craven Cottage is a nice ground, I think. I'll probably be venturing down. Um, But yeah, it could be worse, but it, it, you know, it could, it could be better. I think. Okay, let me put this to you, Matt, then. Who was your ideal draw?
4: If you say Tottenham, I'm going to throw something like at you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have taken if you
2: give me give me away tie. It would have to be one of the big boys, the you know the Chelsea Spurs, Man U, one of those away. If put perfect, I would have taken a Fulham like at home. The away side it makes it difficult because I, I want a big a bigish team at home in the Premier League because we've never had that in New York Stadium. Um, but they'll but then on the flip side is they will change all eleven, won't they? So mm. the, then that maybe bring, does bring us a chance to maybe maybe cause a bit of an upset. <laughs> <laughs>
4: exactly. Oh, wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we'll see. Uh, very quickly, Danny. I like the draw. It. I like it. I like it. I mean, I don't know how many people have seen it, but um, a Fulham fan account on Twitter has come out with the absolute madness of a stat. We have never played Ful- Fulham in a cup competition ever. And that's going all that includes like the Associate Members' Cup, um, the EFL wow. Trophy before it rejigged. Obviously we never played Full under 21s because they're a Southern team. We've never played them in EFL Cup. We've never played him in FA Cup. Um it's only ever been league meetings over ninety-eight years of coexistence. So for me it holds the historical value and it's also Craven Cottage, which is a new ground, quite not an historic ground, but an interesting ground because it's still got the old pavilion style cottage there. Um, so I'm really happy with that sort of draw. Fair enough. It could have been worse, it could have been oh, Cardiff mate, at yeah. home, or it yep. could have been Gillingham. Away. Away. Could have been or Stoke, Stoke, away. Away. If it was Stoke yeah. away if it was Stoke away. My telly would be in the skip, right? Because <laughs> the team have gone through it. Um, John's clear
2: it's a but he tech full Birmingham got the Hull away, exactly. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad, I'm not saying it's a bad, I'm not saying it's an awful draw. I'm just saying it's one of those middling ones that I'm not annoyed about, but I'm not excited about. I'm just, it is what it is. Don't don't get me wrong, I would
4: would have preferred one of the big six in the Premier League at home or away. However, the rotten luck we've had with cup draws recently, Fulham's quite an interesting one.
0: I think you're all missing a trick here, to be honest. Mick's going to tell us it's irrelevant. No. Yeah. Well, it is irrelevant because we're going to lose. We go out at the third round FA Cup every time. So that's that's that that part of it Tradition. is a given. Um, but, but given that the, the gate receipts are split 50-50 and Fulham charge about £7,000 per seat. So that is true. It hmm. should be a decent payday. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they'll, what they'll do is they'll reduce the ticket prices to 10 quid or whatever for, uh, <laughs> uh, because, because of that. But... Um, Given given the amount of the obscene amount of money that Fulham charge for mm. uh, for tickets to their games, should be a, should be a winner a winner for us.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, Chris Page says Rodak is still at Fulham. Yes, I think he is still at Fulham. I think he's second or third choice though. Mike um, Miller says Craven Cottage not a historic ground. Only they've played since eighteen ninety six. I think um, they've done a lot of work.
4: Yeah, that's that's, that's that's one. what I mean. it's not like um Portman Road or um yeah or, or um or Ellen Road as well, for example, which are quite historic ground because they've not changed that much, whereas Fulham's had a fair bit of work done to it. That new stand's ridiculous,
2: it's, it's, mm. it's horrific looking as well, I think, as well. But anyway, we we talked about Fulham and we should be talking about something else. Um <laughs> right, the big we waited 56 minutes for this. Sorry. Um <laughs> the managerial merry-go-round could be about to stop. The rumors are, and they're fairly strong rumors, that tomorrow is the day that we get an announcement. Nathan Jones was um, in attendance at St Andrew's yesterday, uh, as was Tom Brady. So Nathan Jones or Tom Brady next one, Not sure. Yes, but
4: uh, one of them owns the football club that where
2: the game was. Well, you know, Tom Tom might fancy a, a you know a proper football, man. You know,
0: good right? <laughs> <laughs> job.
2: <laughs> um, we don't know. Mick is the answer. We can all say that the rumors, are, what the rumors are. And we have all seen the rumors. The rumor is that it's essentially a done deal and it's going to be announced tomorrow. I don't know what to say to be honest with you. What are your thoughts on the situation at the minute? It feels if it's going to be at the game that for me feels like a massive must be close. You wouldn't attend a game and then not decide not to take the job, really. I don't think.
0: I'm a Rotherham United fan, uh, and I've been a Rotherham United fan for many, many years. So I'm used to being built up and being let down. <laughs> uh, at, the, at the beginning of this process, I always felt—I think I've mentioned it a few times on here—that I felt that Nathan Jones would probably be the best fit out yeah. of the available candidates, uh, over and above Neil Warnock, um, which was never a realistic, probable possibility anyway, given. Uh, Given his unavailability until the new year, so I always felt that that um, that, that Jones would be the best possible option that we could get. Um, and now it's looking close. If you look at it from a from an outsider's point of view, not knowing anything about Rotherham United, you know, and, and and you're completely impartial, you know, he's had an interview um you know things that you, you you know that things have been ongoing in the background and then he turns up uh prior to any announcement of manager he turns up to watch a game that he has no other affiliation to whatsoever other than one of the clubs potentially he's going to be employed by one of the clubs and he's not birmingham obviously so you, you it kind of is starting to point to the fact that it's going to be him but i feel like we're going to get let down and i just feel like I, I, I feel like it's too good to be true because it, he, 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 just because I think he'd, he'd, he'd be able to, to do the job and it'd be, it'd be a, a real massive coup, Rotherham United. Um, and the likes of the Pod and people like that will be kicking themselves, they'll be gutted if we were able to appoint somebody with, with the um of the caliber of Nathan Jones at the level that we are yeah so uh, he's, he's taken a club similar to ours and turned them into something very special over two over two um, two tenures there um he's failed at two other clubs both of which are essentially prima donna clubs you know Stoke think they're bigger than they actually are and I think the Stoke owners think that they are bigger than they actually are um and he failed there and then obviously southampton are premier league you know they're, they're, they're a premier league club uh, how can you possibly fail there well yeah because they're a premier league club and they they think that that's what they should be and i don't think his personality reflects that kind of that kind of attitude you know his personality seems to be um, one of siege mentality, dig in. We're the underdogs. We can do it. We can work hard, and we can deal with this. We can do with do it. You know, it comes from an area of the of the country that's similar to to our area. You know, it's a working class area where where people have always been the underdogs, and and it's, it's I don't know. It's it's all a bit sort of airy fairy that that what I've just said there, but it, it's, it, a it, about it's a culture in it. it. You know, it's a culture, and it's a it's a state of mind, and and he seems to have that in buckets. So. Mm-hmm. For me, it would be an excellent appointment, but I just feel I, I'm, I'm really concerned personally about about Tony Stewart and 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 what he's likely to do and whether he's whether he can see the wood for the trees, um, and, and, and whether he just all of a sudden that um, that that cheap option becomes the best one for him. It concerns me. It worries me. Yeah. Um, but I genuinely believe and I know Mike in the, the comments there is not really not convinced. I, it would be a huge coup for us. It I genuinely be. believe that. Mm. Uh, because he should be managing a bigger club than Rotherham United mm. in reality.
2: Yeah. Let's just let's just wrap up the, the sort of Paul Davis picture. Now, for the Paul Davis picture, you can't tell who it is. What I would say is either Paul Davis has actually seen him and knows that it's him, or he's been informed by somebody else, Nathan Jones is there. Paul Davis is not going to take a picture of a random bloke and tell us it's Nathan yeah. Jones when it's not. He's no, a journalist. No. He does his research. Uh, he's not a clickbaity kind of guy. So if if Paul Davis says that's Nathan Jones, I, I, I take that as I take that as word.
4: And as well, Paul Davis will have seen Nathan Jones like up close and personal. So he would he's, have
2: seen him sit down, probably.
4: Yeah probably he would have seen him come in and sit down exactly um i can see a debate going on in the comments about yeah. where would he actually sit um <laughs> I, I i i imagine if it was a vip of birmingham it's sitting like the vip bit but if it was a vip of rotherham or not even a vip just got a, a ticket open. from rotherham he might have been close to the press box but i, yeah. I don't know i don't um, know st andrews i'm just believing what a professional journalist has put out on twitter and used in an article as the picture of nathan jones yeah, which... if it
3: turns out to not be him it's a bit of a discredit <laughs> to
2: paul oh, honestly if, yeah if it turns out to be him that would be a, a complete embarrassment that's why i do that's why i'm certain that it is yeah it too much of an embarrassment for not to be so um
3: you have to be so sure that it was
2: yeah
1: 100%. Mm.
2: and and you know remember paul davis is a journalist not a photographer so <laughs> bear that in mind as well um tom we're sitting here assuming. We're sitting here that this is the guy. Yeah. Is it a coup? Mick says it's a coup. I think it's a coup. Yeah. How big... If it's Nathan Jones, how, how impressive an appointment is that?
3: Yeah, from, from the minute Taylor left, the option was Nathan Jones if it was possible. And I think we all said it's not possible. So to pull this off would be an absolute coup because whatever happens, if he comes in and it doesn't work out and we still go down or... And he leaves or whatever, nobody can blame anyone for that appointment. I mean, if you said a month ago that we're going to get rid of Taylor and bring in Nathan Jones, who's done wonders with Luton, you'd say you just, you, you know, it was, it's an absolute, it is a coup, absolutely is. Whatever we've offered him, I've got no clue. Um, but not just that as well, I don't, I, I've, I've got no, I, I think he'll, I think he'll keep the staff on. I can't, I, I, I genuinely think Carlisle and Green and. Brown will stay on because we'd have to pay to get rid of him. His former staff, uh, Jones's former staff. One of them's at Swansea. One of them's uh, still, you know, unemployed. But I, it just makes sense that he comes in and does his own thing. It just, you know, if we if we get him, hit the way that he's described his play style is fits him perfectly with the culture and the team and what we have and what we want to get to. Um, he'd make us hard to beat he'd make us exciting to watch again um, yeah I don't know and like I said if it do not work out it doesn't work out I don't think anyone can blame the appointment whatsoever um, no matter what mm-hmm. happens um, yeah and his first game would be Swansea at home which
0: he's oh, amazing
1: which
0: is kind of just you just just can go after that just manage us for one game mate
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean,
3: Oh. Have you seen him have you seen him last time when he beat Swansea with Luton? Yeah. Jumped mm. into the crowd and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I think it's good news, so
2: it's good news for the IFC because there's the Nathan Jones song uh, by Banana Armour, I think, in an eighties song, and he's quality in interviews. So the IFC is gonna a field the Nathan Jones. Mm. point. <laughs> um, just to mention his backroom staff, again, this is all rumour, but he has he was rumored to be with Paul Hart. At Birmingham and rumoured Paul Hart is a former former manager, but did work with him at Luton as sort of a director of uh, youth academy or something like that. So I think the rumour is that Paul Hart is linked to this somehow. That's I'm, I'm piecing things together from a few bits of things I've seen, to be honest with you. And somebody mentioned that in the comments as well. So we'll see on that one. Um, look, you know John, what else
4: is exciting to watch? Did you watch his Luton side? Right, yes, yeah, so, yes, yeah, so, yes. Unfortunately, and they were very well drilled and organised. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, not attractive to watch. But it's
3: cool. you know, as a
2: fan, it's just it. It, it strikes me as a, as, a, as a Ronnie Moore kind of guy. In that, if you're on his side, you'll just buzz off. You'll just be on him. You'll just love everything about him. And he's got a Steve Evans' quality about him that we all liked when he was here. Um, it, it won't be pretty football, Danny. I'm certain it will be horrible, ugly football. But it'll just it'll.
4: We're Unfortunately, we're in the position where we need points on the board. Um, and Nathan, Nathan Jones has got a track record of getting points on the board, even if it's unattractive football. I mean, he took... I'm using the RUFC's information from Twitter. Um, he took Luton out of League Two, um, left him for a little bit and, and came back and then took him up the table in the Championship by playing his style of football. Fair enough... <clears throat> it didn't work out at Southampton and Stoke for him. But, but you alluded to the fact that they are desperate to get to the Premier League. There was no desperation with Luton. And I think that's why he prospered with them, because it's a small working, working class team that's gone higher and higher through basically his stewardship um, until he left for, for pastures new. That's my one concern with Nathan Jones. The first sniff he gets of a bigger job, he may leave
2: quite it quickly
4: them well at us. yeah yeah true true Um but in terms of um, the club ethos that Nathan Jones has done well with we are quite similar to Luton mm. and I think that's why Nathan Jones may do well for us if hypothetically if he does become our manager yeah yeah uh, Matt Miller says so those rose coloured spectacles
2: are being looked through. Here. What I would say is what, we'll, what, we, what, what all, all we can do is look at what's happened in the past, and what's happened in the past is that when he's gone to bigger clubs, he has struggled. And if you read between the lines of all his interviews and everything he's done, and and people at those clubs that talked about him, they're the, I don't think he's great with big egos and and people who think they're bigger than the club and things such as that. I, I think I, I think that's what he struggled with at Southampton, especially Southampton. Whereas somebody like Luton, they're never going to sign players who I think they are bigger than the club because they can't afford players like that. Much like we can't. They can't afford that, that kind of player. You've got to buy into it. Look, you, he's got to have the ability to get players to buy into what he wants to do and what he wants to try and do. And I think we've got – I say this before, I think Matilda's built a decent team. They seem like good people who want to do well for the football club. Um. Look, this might all blow up in his face. As we might be sat here in a month's time, and Nathan Jones has done a Kenny Jacket and not fancied it, or something. I, I don't think that'll be the case. But this is football; you never know. Uh, but it's from uh, you, you've all said, from day one, Nathan Jones has been the, the name on, in my head. That if you can get Nathan Jones to come here, why wouldn't it work? I, I, I don't. For me, it just it
0: just fits. And I think that's that's precisely the point, and that's why I don't necessarily agree with what Mike said there. It's not about rose-colored, uh, rose-colored glasses here. You know, we, we, we are not Southampton. We're nothing like Southampton. The only similarity is we're playing red and white. We're nothing like Stoke City. We don't have Bet365 behind us. You know, we don't have those aspirations as a club and as a set of supporters um, that the likes of Southampton and Stoke City have um not in reality you know obviously everybody wants premier league however do you really um is it i suppose that's another question altogether but but the reality is that as a set of supporters and as a club the culture is not the same you know the culture is very very different like at luton and and, and many other clubs as well you know it's not just that but um so i i don't think it's a question of looking through rose-colored glasses i think it's a question of looking at a type of person who fits a type of culture or a type of club. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems to me from Jones's history that his personality fits the culture and the the culture of the club and the culture of the supporters and the expectations of the supporters. Um, I don't think he fitted that certainly didn't fit that at Southampton. Absolutely not. No. Um, but, but, you know, and, and, and the, the comments about him up and leaving, well, there are two points to that one, is that that's what players do all the time. That's the nature of football. You know, you do well, you get a big move. That's what happens. Um, but it's also assuming then that if he were to get, assuming he got the job and he, he, he did a decent job and kept us up, that's you're, you're assuming that he's going to jump ship because he's not learned anything from jumping ship the last twice. Mm. And he, he, To be in the position that he's in and to, to achieve what he's achieved already that would suggest he's not a very intelligent man, and he clearly is, you know. And he will have learned from his mistakes, hence getting Luton through the divisions. He's not done that by not learning from mistakes. So we'll have to wait and see. We're talking about him now; as always already been appointed, and and my concern is that Mark not, Bonner, yeah, because uh, <laughs> Mark Bonner's obviously been sacked, and so
2: no, I meant last last year, Mark Bonner. The situation well, with Mark Bonner last year,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He may decide it's not for him. You know, we don't know. Yeah, but, uh, we'll have to wait yeah. and see. But yeah, for me, I'm 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 on for it, up for it. Yeah, a
2: message from somebody else saying, "Is this the first time as English we will accept the Welsh accent?" <laughs>
4: uh, we can deal with it. I can deal with it. I, I Here's yeah, no is, is, a question: When was the last time Rotherham had a Welsh manager? Alan Mill. Alan Nil. Really? Yeah.
1: Mm.
4: And look what he's
0: gone on to do. And he's not managed yeah. particularly at a high level, but as a coach. Mm. He is hugely respected. Not that that's got anything to, at all to do with him being Welsh. Um, well, yeah. so I'm um, a big fan of Welsh. You know I am. So I go there a lot and I I, I love it. Yeah. I, love, I love the people I've met there as well. So, uh,
2: right, look for the comments before we finish because we've gone long. I thought we would well, go long tonight, I suppose. <laughs> but my analysis, if it is Jones, at least he's it, it relieved really, it's not. At least it's not Evans. Oh God, yeah. Um, Palomads, mm. um, got a meme ready for the Jones. Uh, um, I hope hope you're right If it's Jones If um, Sarah Ogden thinks it, We'll probably want to Go on at Sheffield Wednesday I think, I do I think that's right I think we're a better fit For Jones Than it was Would have been For Sheffield Wednesday Sheffield
4: Wen- Wednesday Are too big I think There would have been Too much pressure on him it, It'd have been Similar to Stout, expectation. I think
0: yeah. i take you, you back To what I've just said there yeah. Absolutely right Not a fit for him No uh John Merrill says he will better than what you've
2: had, and that's all you can ask for, even though yeah. he is a an naughty little twerp who needs a slap. I <laughs> <laughs> like that like, kind of guy. Oh, so like, well. that,
0: and that that's coming from a man who supports a club support uh, managed by Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
2: <laughs> Scott Kent and CJ say, I think we all are ready for an emergency podcast. The yes, we shall be here if 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 we'll go we'll go if, if. Um if the announcement happens, we shall be here at 8 o'clock on the night. So if you go on social media, the, the rumour is tomorrow will be the day. That's all we're we Yeah, to
4: so, sorry to anyone expecting us to be on at like 1 o'clock, just as the thing actually gets announced or something like that. No, it's going to be 8 o'clock. We all we, we'll yeah. have lives, you know. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest with you. I will be very
2: surprised if we don't get an announcement that Nathan Jones is manager tomorrow. That's my feeling uh, with the situation right now. Oh, yeah. I- we, we, oh, also, we all said the same against it. Uh, that Well, we've got to be. Uh, that's how I feel. But I said, we all said the same about Mark Bonner 12 months ago, didn't we? Yeah, when yeah. the rumors were coming through. Anyway, it was 1.2 whatever for the for the bookies odds. So I am worked for United. But I, that's that's where I sit at the minute. Um, but we'll see. Thank you all for being with us tonight. Make sure you like the video and subscribe because last we're still couple the 1300 subscribers. We've got 1300 subscribers at the end of the emergency podcast. That I think that's what, what we want. Nathan um, Jones
4: subscribers. yeah
2: so if uh, if Nathan Jones you watching this just hit subscribe um <laughs> Wayne carl you're always listening because I know you're you know to copy all our tactics on last episode <laughs> so I know <laughs> you're watching <laughs> um anybody else if you going to subscribe please do because we're one well, we need 10 more to 1300 that'd be nice to get before uh before we get a new manager on the announcement um, if you're watching you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, make sure you're subscribed on there as well and give us a five-star rating wherever you are listening to us. Um, we all just need to calm down for a minute. Hopefully, we'll be able to get, get excited in the next 24 hours or so. so I'm going to go for a cold shower now. But let's, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: yeah, let's just, just keep it chill. Um, Mick, thank you for being with us tonight. Um, you, you've got told on Friday that you never say what you think. You know, at the start of the show, I ask you if you're doing all right. The, the people they didn't think that you always see how you really felt. How do you feel right now as we leave?
0: I'm, I'm nervous. I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a the, the, your typical pessimistic Rotherham fan as we sit here at the moment, okay. waiting to be proved wrong, hoping to be proved wrong.
2: Me too. I hope you prove wrong,
4: Danny. Happy. Nervous, fairly, yeah, fairly. I'll be happier when it is actually announced who the manager is, and I hope it's tomorrow. Um, I hope to be doing laps around Med Hall that it's Nathan Jones,
3: <laughs> Tom. All right, mate, yeah, this time 24 <laughs> hours, hopefully, be a lot better. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm the same as Mick, I'm just nervous now, apprehensive. It's been, mm.
2: yeah, I'm so excited for this to be over. I'm more excited yeah. for this to be over than potentially getting Nathan Jones out this. this <laughs> chase, Feels like it's just gone on. I know it has gone on for yeah. quite a long time. But it just it's felt endless, and at times,
3: agreed. If it's announced tomorrow that it's Gary Rowett, I won't be disappointed. Oh, <laughs> stop about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just, I just yeah. kind of want it over with now.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've it's like that point. thing from
4: Monty Python where they keep just going, "Get on with it." That's where we're at now, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs>
2: yeah. My God. Thank you all for stuck with us. It's one of the longest ones we've done in a while. I probably understand why. So, thank you all for being with us. We mm. will be back. We'll be back on Thursday. Um at the latest, we'll be back on Thursday, if not before. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on the socials. If you see a tweet that there's a new manager, you'll see a tweet that there's gonna be an emergency podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so, yeah. Thank you, Mick, thank you, Danny, thank you, Tom. Thank you who is with us tonight, and we'll see you next time. Up the millers. Up the millers. It's a wild wild
0: goal. Sloppy beyond
2: Podringham, and the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 years, Rotherham United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, the Duffin. He can hit them, and he does. The Duffin fantastic! scored an absolute screamer for Rotherham United. Rotherham
0: United have secured their Championship status for next season.